0: Get around American flag, oh, yeah. that's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like Terminally Chill. The insurance yeah. commercial has a fat ass but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> no, god damn it. Uh, Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: Don't touch my records. Ever
0: yo what's up welcome to hot takes Hello. everybody i am young Hi, shiro you and this is my best buddy skeleton lipstick oh, thank you my best buddy i'm shiro thank and you welcome warm introduction of course. Welcome to Hot Takes, everybody. I see some regulars like Indie Advent, Lux Elite, Quiz, Luxury Noise, Strip Silence, Device Operator, Bob. See some new people, Celadon Dream Suite. Welcome. I'm so glad you're all here. Um, Hot Takes, as you know, is a bi weekly Vaporwave talk show featuring your best and favorite Vaporwave community members, whereupon we get to interview, chat, debate, argue, and geek out a little bit uh, with you, the active chat members. And then uh, you can always re-listen and re-watch live, well, not live, but but on the replays on the VOD, YouTube, and of course podcasting services. Uh, we ask everybody that uh, is tuned in to don't be a stranger. Feel free to let those questions fly. You are priority one. I told Eventual Infinity uh, that that they were priority one last night. Technically, you guys and your your questions and thoughts for Eventual Infinity are our top priority. So don't be a stranger. Uh, A reminder that all emotes show up on the stream, on the screen. So if you use an emote, you can see that on the screen. Um, Feel free as well, if you feel so led, to uh, drop a uh, uh, exclamation point donate. (laughs) You you are uh, invited. I guess the, uh, the link's not working again. I'll go ahead and paste it in chat. If you feel so led, you can go ahead and donate to your favorite podcasting duo via the link right here. Uh, Of course, I shouted out our generous donors. Uh, Be careful. And Leo, $50 last time around. Thank you so much, guys. guys. Unreal. Can't believe your your generosity. Uh, Uh, If you you can't or don't want to donate, it's okay. We're still friends. Uh, Invite a friend. Tweet about us. Uh, Share us on social media. And keep me in the loop uh, because I'm the one managing all the audio levels. If, uh, If anyone's too loud or too quiet, music, if anyone... Uh, you can't see anybody, please say something ASAP in chat. So with that out of the way, we're going to start tonight off with some art and music recommendations courtesy of The Goodly Surgeon.
2: Yes, yes, okay. So, hold on a second here. Uh, uh, basically, uh, <laughs> recommend. What's the one album I want to recommend is an album by uh, Late Arcane called uh, Non-Canon. It's on business casual right now. And it is a phenomenal, phenomenal album. It really does a very interesting thing with all these Vaporwave samples. There's a very fun rhythm to it that sort of almost reminds me of, like, some, like, Peter Gabriel sort of stuff. Uh, You know what? It's very hard to do some new creative stuff with... um, with Vaporwave sometimes with with samples, right? To do like sort of that, that's rhythmic and danceable. You know what Thank I mean? mean? Sometimes it's movies. hard to come up with new ways to make these things dancey. And I don't know, the rhythms that this guy puts together are phenomenal. It's one of my favorite records of the year so far, honestly. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's getting enough attention. So I do want to draw a lot of attention to uh, Late Arca- uh, Thank you for the link, a non-canon likes. album. And uh, just check it out because it is a very fun bop. Highly recommend it. Uh, another thing I Very wanna recommend cool. is the global there's this uh global pattern um compilation album that's uh basically got the got a it's it's the the title for it is just the dove emoji. And it's all songs that are sort of dedicated to the concept of peace. And okay. you know, um and you know, that's that's like it, right? It's peace. Is, it's peacefulness, right? Is it a, it's a comp? Peace as in the metaphorical it's a comp. It's a comp, Yeah. Okay. There's like sixty four songs on it. Oh, wow. and it's This every song is sort of a representation of peacefulness of the heart, peacefulness of the mind, peace, peace in general across the world, and it's a. uh, I believe it's also a compilation that is meant to be for. uh, It's a charity compilation, and um, I you know I highly recommend you guys check that out. Everybody put a lot of work into all these songs. Some of the uh, some standouts on it are um, basically I really liked the moon sorrow song yearning for peace and i really enjoyed um let's see the late arcane has a song on it that's very good as well mp3 neptune song space is abandoned is great you know the idea of just creating space and in that space filling it with kindness and love and peace and understanding and patience and you can really feel that kind of resonate in all the songs
0: damn that sounds beautiful
2: yeah so
0: that's what i got for today thank you for the link lux yeah okay thank you so much dude i Honestly, Late Arcane's flip, I said it in chat, Late Arcane's flip of that um, soft replica track, bangs. Oh, I, mean, I right, want to say it's weightless, fucking bangs. So check that out. Uh, I have not heard as much of Late Arcane's work, but what Lux has shown me, I've really liked. So I need to, I need to check out their work a lot uh, sooner. Sooner rather than later. So moving right along, I like to talk with everybody, um, anybody who goes to live shows, anybody who performs live shows or, or has any thoughts about live music um, a little bit. I want to talk about something that has been actually brought up in my local scene uh by somebody who's kind of a local promoter. Um paying at the door to get into a show, uh, something we're pretty, pretty accustomed to doing for for big name acts, right? Like hundreds of dollars for nosebleed seats, whatever. But uh but you know, five, ten dollars to get in to see a homies band is um, what is it? I, probably the average price of a ticket would maybe be like 5 to $15. Um, it's a highly debated topic in some circles for some odd reason. And now, granted, I'm a little new to the show. I'm a little new to the performance part of it, but I'm definitely not new to the attendee part of it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a older than I look, right? So I guess I would just like to say, and I would like to say it from a place of love and kindness, and I'd like to bounce this off of you, and eventual infinity and the chat as well and just ask what is what is the problem with with people paying to see their friends or at least artists that they really like perform because i, th- I want to say just about everybody in here, and probably our listeners is is super down, right? But it's a lot of spaces I've been in or I've heard lately where people are complaining about $5 shows or like Luxury Noise says, hitting me up to be on the list. Like, I get it. We're all being squeezed, especially right now. There's a yeah. lot of predatory pricing, a lot of arbitrary price increases, a lot of predation. I think I just said that, predatory. Anyways, you get the idea, but Minor Threat is, I'm told, the the group that started the $5 show idea back in, Fugazi, what, the yeah. 80s? Uh, Fugazi, Fugazi or, Fug- or minor, Fug- minor Threat? Well, well, Minor
2: Threat, obviously, ex-member I Amina mean, McKay from Fugazi. But it exactly. uh, Fugazi who had... Who had uh, they kind of pioneered the all-ages $5 show. they were touring. Ages, they, well, well, they were tired, well, I mean, well, it was that they were touring. They would be- become a very popular band that was able to support national tours and play larger venues, and they had worked out deals with some of the promote bigger promoters
0: to do five dollar shows for bigger right. events where they were touring. Good point. That, that At that point, incredible. they were self sustaining too. Yeah, good. Correct. Very good point. You're always on on top of the history aspect of things. My memory's too <laughs> shitty for that part. So but it's, uh, like I guess, close. I mean, really minor threat. Close to it. Ten dollars yeah. was what people it. were paying back then in the mid to late '80s, and what's crazy is people are still bitching about five dollar shows. And adjusted for inflation, I had to check. That's like eighteen dollars. When minor threat was going on. Because venues
2: need to be paid. I mean the artists usually don't even get paid really because you know it's just reconvening costs from the venue for a lot of these smaller shows.
0: You know firsthand because you you work with venues, but in the spaces where I'm usually performing, the door is what pays the artist. Yes. Um, you know, the venue usually keeps the drink sales, sometimes they take a little from the door, sometimes they even take from the merchant. You know, because the bands are selling. Yeah. it, de- it depends on the situation to Right. situation. So, and I have really strong feelings about venues that are super idealist and probably not practical at all. But in like, you know, when it comes to Praxis, I just want to kindly, gently exhort everybody to pay your friends uh, with a smile. You know, that's, that's, that's how they get paid. Um, that's how they're making. It's probably not how they're making a living, if we're being honest. But it's allowing them to, like, possibly break even on the shows yeah. that they're doing or the tours that they're performing at. Uh, you know, until they blow up. Right. Um, yeah. We appreciate you ahead of time for gladly paying that five or $10 to get into a show. Um, I think that is the end of my thought. Uh, what have you got?
2: I agree with you. I I'm just surprised to even hear this is still a thing. You know, I feel like it should be understood from people that this is, this isn't that this is a nice thing to do to help support people. And if you don't do it, it's not
0: going to happen anymore. It's, you know, I'm I'm not going to break out the the skelly language, but, like, you really do need to go kick some rocks if you're hoping to get in for free where people are probably... Yeah, man, you better go kick some rocks if you're hoping to get in for free where people are, are like, going to be splitting a ridiculously low payout, you know? Which, hey, no shade, man. It's okay. Like, I don't want to complain about what I've been paid ever... I do it out of love and, and to have fun and be with my friends. But, you know, we ain't doing this to get rich, right? But we appreciate you guys helping us. That's yeah. what it is. It's a community where we help each other, right? Right. Um, cool. I want to see what Eventual Infinity thinks about that. And I want to, of course, bring on... It's been a long time coming, right? Vaporwave and vapor trap up-and-comer. Multifaceted producer and artist, Eventual Infinity... Uh, who has released recently via Pacific Plaza, and I believe has got some upcoming material they'll probably want to tell us a little bit about. Say yes, hello to everybody. You're on camera. Hey,
1: everyone. Hey, what's Welcome up to nice? Hot hey, man Thanks for yeah. being yeah. on, man.
0: We're yeah, so glad you're so here. Before thanks we get so much into... for having me. Yeah, man. I'm so glad it happened. Uh, it was a long time coming, mm-hmm. and, and it's we've all been, of course, very excited uh, the promo's done numbers. You got a lot of friends, brother. Um, Paid enough. Before we get into our kind of biographical questions, um, what do you think about my thoughts?
1: So there's got to be a door. There's got to be a door fee. I mean, five bucks is kind of ridiculous. Uh, to your point, inflation alone in the last year, I'd say if you're not charging more than 10 or 15 bucks, at the door, then you're doing it wrong. Um, we actually, so I see Groovy Kaiju's in the chat. He's probably nice. thinking about that guy. when he came up to uh, Seattle. We had a lot of conversation about it. It was like trying to figure out how much to charge, and just based on you know the average income in Seattle, what other people are charging for shows and stuff like that. Um, he kind of arrived at like twenty bucks, which I was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a little bit of sticker shock seeing a twenty dollar. Uh, for four people and a visualist. But then when you start thinking about it, you know, how many people are showing up? Plus, we got to pay a door person, and there's a percentage that, you know, of stuff that has got to get spread around. Um, you know, it ended up making sense. So we did a little bit cheaper for pre sale, but then 20 bucks uh, at the door. And it ended up working pretty good. The only thing that I think it may have cut into was merch sales. Yeah. So that's the only downer. You know, yeah, so I think we came in a little hot, maybe, because it was the first you know vapor future funk show in Seattle in probably like two years, so it was kind of like a return to the community, and um, I think that's it was just a little bit of like a, a sticker shock, I think, for some people. But hey, it ended up working out. People still showed up, and we all had a great time. So
0: I would be scared to charge twenty, but I I applaud you guys for that. Yeah, I'm glad you little stated. I mean, you deserved it. Yeah, there's a lot of tech bros with pe- with money in Seattle. So, <laughs> quiz says there's an error with the video. Some model is showing up in the middle instead of the artist. Oh, geez. <laughs> Oops. Well, now I'm blushing already. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it might might be the um. What did you say? It's a pumpkin ale. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. Nice. I got a, a Elysian pumpkin beer right here. Tis the Beautiful. season.
0: <laughs> and uh, and Chris, uh, people are going off about your cat. In know, the background, right? for for those of for y'all these, that are tuning in, ad on Adonis, in the background. <laughs> Adonis is in the background <laughs> making muffins. Mm-hmm. Cool well, um, if uh, if you guys want to run up some questions, chat, uh, Chris, you want to start us off with uh, with Payton's background. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, you know, your music in general seems to have a. It's it's honestly very hard to define because it actually kind of changes almost on every album you make. Uh, you seem to have a lot of influences going on and you seem to mold them all when you put them together um i when did you are you are you when did you start making music like how long ago did that begin what was your first experience oh, with oh man them? first time making music uh, why what made you want to make music yeah awesome. so yeah, I, I, know had,
1: this too. I had i had a pirated copy of ej when oh, i was how, a kid yeah. like So, me and my brothers, we all shared a computer, so, like, my older brother would always, like, find, you know, MP3s and software, and, like, somehow it would just be on our computer. So, like, my first time ever playing with, like, loops and stuff was probably when I was, like, a a kid. Even though it was just, like, a toy, it was like a game, you just plugged in loops, and then it was, Mm. you know, whatever. Um, But I would say I really, like, I more seriously got into music making in probably like my early twenties. So it's, you know, it's been like 15 or so years, I would say.
2: Wow. Very cool. Yeah. What did you start? What, I mean, was that your first time making music? Were you in any bands prior to that? What kind of music did you start making? What was the first thing you started making? Really? And what yes. did it sound like?
1: Yeah. So it was pretty much all like dance music. Um, Interesting. I got into, uh, electronic music again at a very early age like if you remember the like the early
0: internet we were rare like, weren't we
1: <laughs> yeah you could just was type not cool to be in. that in
0: the 90s or 2000s <laughs> yeah right yeah that's that's a good point but it's like
1: like back in the old web days when it's just like if you wanted to download an mp3 you went to mp3.com and i remember Bro. like downloading Bro, uh, a whole bunch of prodigy and like oh. thinking it was just like the coolest shit ever like i'd was, never heard anything heard anything like it, but Prodigy's
2: yeah. kind of a funny, funny band to sort of be your first sort of like window into that world because obviously mm-hmm. everyone gets familiar with like Firestarter or Breathe, right? Right. And then yeah. you like dig into that album, it's fabulous. It's a great album. But what's really uh-huh. funny is then you like you you start off because for the most part, that's like kind of all if you're just getting into like electronic music or whatever, that might be like all you know by them. And then you look, you're like, oh there's albums before this. And you're like, oh the Prodigy yeah. experience or like music for the Jilted generation. Yeah. And you're like what the heck is going on on these albums? Like there's so many different ideas and chill. sounds and like, it's an interesting, yeah. like, it shows you kind of like like all their albums kind of like demonstrate the progression of like, I don't know the British music scene in like the 90s, the British dance music scene in the 90s, right? And then you're yeah. like, whoa, like there's just so much to explore in these albums. And you're like, well, I had no idea that there was more Beyond Breathe and Firestarter here. And it's, that's a great, that's I'm saying that's like a great sort of electronic uh, artist to sort of get into first, right. you know what I mean? To inspire yeah. you first. Interesting. And I
1: had no idea, like, what what they were, or anything. You know, I'm like this sheltered kid living in northern Minnesota who now nice. has access to a computer, and I'm wow. like, oh man, all this. It's like opened my world up. And um, but like, you know, in my early 20s, so at that point, like, I had already experienced like the rave scene in, of Southern California. Oh yeah, and, like trance um, and stuff. Trance, you know, breakbeat. Um, uh, you I got really into like minimal. <laughs> I went to, you know, the orange show, but I also went to like, um, you know, like I, you know, went out to raves in like desert mountains, warehouses in L.A. and stuff like that. Really That's got sick. into that. And, um, you know, my first job was at a pizzeria and I saved up and bought some turntables and I, I started DJing and got into Very cool. production as like kind of like an explorative thing. I, I didn't make anything that I really like spinning. I would share it on um, DJ com and stuff like that with some of like the wow. minimal techno people on there. And they liked, you know, they would put it in their mixes and stuff. So oh, wow. started with Very like cool. early, you know, that, that kind of like underground rape scene, I guess is what inspired me the most.
2: Did you know, were you trained in music playing or did I mean, were you classically trained a musician or did you just sort of learn it through playing with these software what, or did you have, what was a combination of both?
1: Uh, so, I feel kind of lucky that way. Uh, my my mom was a piano teacher, nice. um, and it's in your and blood. my dad, and my dad uh, did um, like live audio and some other like he he ran a studio and stuff in the past. Oh, um, I never worked with him directly, but I think that definitely had like an influence. <laughs> I mean, like my. My mom especially, um, she taught me how to play piano. We would sit down with like, I would download sheet music of like Final Fantasy stuff and like she would show me how to play it. And um, that's kind of how I got into piano. And I, you know, I was a much better piano player when I was like like 13 than I am now. Cause DAW and MIDI and (laughs) you know, all that, all those sorts of things you can program so much more, just play it shitty. And then you're like, yeah, that's close enough. And then quantize and fix it. But like, that's yeah that's you know where you i got kind of my, my start oh absolutely i do yeah <laughs> quantize and humanize for sure there you go mm-hmm. quantize and humanize mm-hmm. I and like then that. We yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: so that's the turntables you were mixing on wax like in the 2000s
1: yeah yeah dude,
0: I, sick, I, dude. I bought
1: a uh, crappy pair of like new marks and then i shortly saved up after for some Technics. and if you can believe you it had ones and I had, twos. so I still have them from when I was like 17. So like they're like Oh, that's so cool. They're like 18 years old. And I've used them in clubs, at house parties. People have spilt shit on them. And I've only got them serviced once. I even like I even slammed the uh the power cord on one of them and drove all the way back home from a a show (laughs) and dragged the power cord all the way back down the freeway and it still works great i still use my my turntable in my uh living room as just like my main turntable and the other one's sitting in my closet back here in the same flight cases and everything that i used
0: back then yeah apparently strip silence is a vinyl dj too he's quite impressed do you have sl 1200s yes yeah Yeah, that's exactly what i have very cool yeah that's that's amazing man I, i could never see i mean uh I was hanging out with with Ronnie obviously cuz Chris and I played that show uh, Vapor Space and he uh and he's a vinyl DJ too and he was talking to, he was bemoaning how hard it is to to find the tracks on the clear vinyls. He was like, "Please oh, stop yeah. pressing clear vinyl." I was like, so that's how they do it Mm
1: -hmm. I'm a little
0: baby DJ I didn't know (laughs) that's
1: really funny Uh, that is funny and you know like a lot of the stuff I was DJing it would be like one track on each side and it's just like 45 beat or 45 RPM a lot of dance music it was like you know one track on one side and then like a remix or you know another cut on the other and I still have them. Like, I still have like two boxes full of like trance and house and techno and stuff that It's funny coming cool. back around. It's like the 20 year rule is in full effect. You know, a lot of that stuff I'm hearing sounds now and music uh-huh. again.
0: The, the Y2K nostalgia. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty wild to hear trance coming back into like oh deconstructed yeah. club music and, and like wave music and stuff.
1: Yeah. Super Saws. I mean, I have Super Saws in. <laughs> one of my one of my new tracks and in, in my new single, so it definitely it's found its way life. back
0: Hell in. Yeah. You wanna oh, you wanna um, tell us a little bit about you. some of your uh, some of your upcoming work? No, hold on. All right, let's 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 focus on the Enough past. One past one first, my bad.
2: Hold on. I just need to ask before we start getting too deep into that because I'm you know, obviously gonna have a lot of questions about that. I just wanted to understand how you actually stumbled upon the vaporwave world.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, with Vaporwave, um, I was getting really into like retro tech. I was watching a lot of like tech moan and like old, like retro mm-hmm. um audio equipment and like retro electronics and Japanese electronics that never made it into the US, yes, and like getting into like retro futurism, yeah, and then. Nice. The YouTube algorithm just fed me Floral Shop one day, and I was just like, really? "What the hell is this?" Like, it's I listened to it, and it's just like, it's it just like it blew my mind. I had to show everyone. I was like, "Do you know what vaporwave is?" And it's like, once you <laughs> uh-huh. know that term, and you start searching for it <clears throat> in YouTube, and like, algorithm gets a hold of it, and it's like, you mm-hmm. it just feels like it's endless. Like, you can just it like, finds it, it, is a, it gets everywhere.
0: It is
2: endless. <laughs> it gets everywhere. Like, Do you remember like so around
0: what time you came into it, and what some of your early favorites were? Some of the more like yeah. like moving works that you found were.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was 2016. Nice. Um, and uh, you know, I really like the ambient side of,
0: Very cool. of
1: vaporwave, and also yeah. like vapor trap. I really got into that, um, and there was kind of like the the. You know like the vapor adjacent stuff like like sweet valley oh um, i love I absolutely sweet valley. love sweet Valley. Sweet valley's um, a lot
0: of fun yeah very hip-hop which
1: which is funny too because like i didn't i didn't realize they were brothers and it's the lead oh, singer yeah. of waves yeah like, like, like when course. i found that out too because i knew waves and i knew them separate but mm-hmm. like it was yeah but like with vaporwave um i got into like the big big names at first and then you know you just like it's like that iceberg meme and you just keep going into yeah. the depths and depths until there's names I don't even know what they are it's like some you know Japanese characters and that yeah. I'm, I'll never find again and um, then you're like
2: wow this is amazing how am I ever going to find it again right? <laughs> how does that <laughs> yeah. artist that happens to me is. all the time with vaporwave is like I'll go, I I go, I'll a lot of times kind of going through record labels and listening to things and I'm like this is amazing I have to make sure I remember this one but then I'm like well oh, what's this one and what's this one I'm like oh fuck what was that first one I want to remember right
1: yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you're it again. maybe it's better
2: that way <laughs> yeah
1: Sick. it's it's so true and it's it's hard like it's almost like i have to see the album art again and i'm like oh that's the one yeah okay, that's it yeah yeah i'm terrible at the
0: names man <laughs> the album art yeah. is is the, the thing and then the track i don't know the track names are so hard to remember so you told us about some of the more like moving like hip-hop influenced albums the sweet Valley. oh sure what yeah. about the ambient stuff um so uh let's see
1: uh just trying to think about of course like telepath and desert sand gotcha um but there's like just i don't i don't even know the names of them it's just like those really i love those really washy kind of ambient Mm -hmm. that kind of swirl in and out that i can just kind of put on in the background and relax to. um very cool. But then, I also love a ton of the classic vapor stuff, and um, uh, you know, I also I, I also really like midi midi type stuff too, like I yeah, and too. Skyline. Um, so yeah, and also I'm cool. now what's called Dream
0: Punk, I guess. But at that point, you know. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you how you felt about Dream Punk. Yeah,
1: I love it. I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. I listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I listen to um, I know it's it can be (laughs) can be kind of a polarizing person and you know project but like 2814 and um, yeah some of HKE's aliases yeah uh, like like skilled subaris oh I love ah, phenomenal yeah phenomenal stuff just
0: makes me feel like I'm like project in my opinion uh, yeah it just makes me feel like I'm in
2: some like actually I really
1: like that one like some like zero gravity chamber in like Mm a high above like skyscraper looking down at a city and you're just like weightless in this (laughs) high tech pod or something it's so crazy so I have a question so
2: you, you saw this and you're like you know what I think I'd like to get involved in this world is that what happened?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I was it's kind of like I love the like the wabi it's like wabi-sabi is what one of my friends called it. It's like a like the imperfection of art and okay. it's like a Japanese term for like impermanence and imperfection and it's like the beauty like for like a zen garden, you know, a zen sand garden where you you know someone with their rake. That's kind of the idea of wabi-sabi, but that's what yeah. I love about like the vaporwave World, internet music, lo-fi, that whole thing, because you can, it's it's almost like the imperfections make it better. People are like Chaos distorting the music. Is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it, it it's kind of freeing. And that's why I think it's such like a, a breeding ground for new creative ideas, because it's kind of like, just do whatever the hell you want. And it's okay to have a, like not have the perfect mix or master or, you know, I came from like the dance music and electronic world where it's like, you know, everything has to be like perfect because it's playing right. on like club systems and stuff. But then like and which the vapor vaporwave world is now a part of like the club environment with like Future Funk yeah, and stuff. But, is. Like, um, but that's what it really drew me to it is like, I just want to create stuff and put it out on the Internet like this seems like so much fun. Um, and that's what was inspiring for me.
0: Solid. So you uh, had mentioned you were in a band, or you made music that was outside the electronic, or did I miss oh. I mean,
1: uh, here? I, d- I so I I didn't say that, but I did play in like a it was like kind of like a pop punk type emo mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. where I played keys. Uh, this oh, is wow, the content that I crave. Too. Oh boy! Yeah, it was it was in college it was it was more fun than anything like it wasn't yeah. anything like serious or anything like that we played some shows and uh it's like the classic story of like one person moving away to go to college and then somebody uh, having uh, a kid uh, and, and uh, then it's yeah. just like
2: oh yeah yeah that cool. whole thing
1: yeah so
0: yeah well you, uh, i I just i like doing solo of, stuff are you in possession That's of any just, of those old recordings though uh
1: i've looked uh on MySpace and they're still they're not up on my oh anymore. man i don't know where they are okay, we did record some stuff to cd but i'll have to i'll have to reach out to the the singer and see if he has Hell any yeah. recordings you're
0: still in need contact with them huh yeah uh, he's oh, got a 360 fine. jk <laughs>
1: all
0: right well while we wait on the chat to uh to um Pop the uh, the questions for uh, for eventual infinity. Um, how would you describe your your latest album? You said dream punk. Um, can you give us a description, kind of like you gave for Sub-Eris? Because I've seen oh, that album artwork, man. and if you guys haven't, you need to look that up right now.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's definitely it's like a heavy sci-fi influence. I started it uh, about two years ago in October twenty twenty. So okay. it's been about two years in the making. Wow! Um, Sick. So very like, very sci-fi uh, cyberpunk. Um, there's also like influences, of course, from dream punk, which we talked about. Ambient. There's some like footwork and drum and bass. Wow! And okay. trap. And yeah. you have a lot of different and influences. cinematic. And it's all woven together, so it's a continuous mix from beginning to end,
2: 39 minutes. I love that um, shit.
0: Thank you for doing yeah. that. I love that
2: you're you're playing with different sounds that inspire you and kind of putting together a cohesive piece, but still very eclectic and and, and rife with a variety of uh, influence and and... Mixtures of different textures. That sounds really fun, and I think that's like the nice thing about the uh, audience that you know Pacific Plaza and the scene in general has curated is people who are interested in that sort of thing and like the boundary being pushed. It's fun.
1: Yeah, and that's what's so great. You can it's it is like a mishmash of all these genres and um, genre. That's what I love about this for community. The gods. Yeah. And so I would say there's also like some influence from just like cheesy uh, reality TV.
2: Wow, Uh, that's interesting.
1: Because like if you listen to like uh, Old Big Brother or like The Mole or like there's always like these weird, mysterious songs that will like play in the background. Like yeah, yeah I, I, or... actually I always think kind about of sneaky.
2: That a lot, you know, I think about that stock music a lot, actually. You know, <laughs> yeah, me too. It actually does like and it's kind of like I'm like, man, what is that? Who is the people that? What is this? this They'll music be like, oh no, she didn't. Face? And
0: then a fat trap beat starts, and I'm like, who's writing? And it's that?
2: like, but it's all it's like there to like sort of heighten the tension of the things going on, on the screen, but it's not calling, but not to call attention to itself. So it was very interesting music to me. I'm like, wow, well, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just enough to like heighten whatever's going on, on the screen, but it's not enough for you to like really think too hard about what's going on with it. It's interesting. And that makes me think yeah. harder about it, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's
1: a, it's a good point. Like it it's, it's funny. Cause it, it, for most people, it'll just kind of mesh and be background and no one really will even know it's there. You know, mm-hmm. they'll just, they're just engrossed in the show. It's funny. It's like but produced
2: and underproduced. It's very yeah. interesting.
1: It's...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. very good point. I feel like they churn those tracks out like absurdly, like sweatshop speeds.
2: I, I don't know who makes oh, it so fast. Dude. Away.
1: Yeah. Like TV, like TV um, soundtrack artists. It, like when I, I don't have any experience with it, but I've like watched interviews and they have such short turnaround times. It's like, they oh, might dude, have a couple days. To come up with something for an episode or like an afternoon session, and it's like, mm. all right, we gotta get this all. So they are cranking shit out. Like they can't even think oh, about wow.
0: it. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that is so yeah.
2: fascinating. I gotta watch these interviews. Somebody needs to make some I'm so intrigued. And all that.
0: We got some yes. questions in chat for you, Peyton. Uh he yeah. wants to know how you would describe your love for synthesizers. Oh. <laughs> oh man. I am deeply and madly in love with synthesizers.
1: I I watch um, I mean if I have free time and I'm watching YouTube, it's almost always about synthesizers or music production. Like Unreal. I'm just nerding out on different sounds, textures, learning about old synths, learning about new stuff coming up and um, it's it's one of my favorite things. Do you I collect love it. synths? I have some. Uh, I have some right here. They're under these cases right here. Gotcha. Um, if I can. I I tend to cycle through gear. I don't like to acquire a whole bunch of stuff because it. Um, at most, I've had like I think like six, and that felt like it was too much. Like I started to get overwhelmed by it, and it's just like, gotcha. what am I even doing? So, I feel like I'm at a good sweet spot right now with just like a few, and then having mostly you know plugins and stuff like that. Um, but I love synthesizers for like when I'm coming up with an idea for a song or I'm, I'm stuck on a song and I'm trying to figure out what I can do and I'll I'll just turn away from my computer and then just play and actually move some knobs and stuff and figure it out. I was going to ask you if you were doing it like
0: to learn techniques or practice or just to like geek out?
1: A little of both. Like I, I, I would do a lot of like sound design tutorials and stuff like that online because that's, what's so cool. Like I, if you're starting out with music right now, you can just go on YouTube and su- type right. like, "How do I make a beat?" And there's oh. like a yeah. million things, and you're just like, "Oh, thank you!" Shout though. out to Video Drome TV for yeah. rating us. We thank
2: you, Videodrome. buddy. Um, Nice. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing, right? You know, that's how we learn things now. <laughs> you know, we go on YouTube. I mean, I remember like, how did you learn originally? Like, how did you learn to to make music originally back when you started? A lot of it was
1: just figuring it out, and making a horrible shit. Like, if you listen <laughs> just... to music
2: closely that you liked and try and re- you know replicate what you heard to see if you get like, um... more like those snare sounds. What did you do? How did you know? Like, how the song works? Like, what? Did, how did you figure it out?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it was just experimentation uh, because I didn't connect that you should have a reference track. Until a lot later, so a lot of it early on is like I'm just going to tinker with this until I make a sound that sounds kind of cool, and then kind of figure it out from there. I didn't really learn technique or music theory or anything, and probably you know, like in the last five years or so, five or six years, like I really just experimented and just did whatever felt right. And I still know I don't know your theory. I still but
0: you do know how to play the piano, or at least you did at one time.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and just the you know. And when I thought about it, it's like I could I had like a good, you know, sense of like when a song needed to change or you know, I didn't I couldn't tell you it was a four-four rhythm and we're coming up on a new bar or a new phrase and we need to change the song. But it's like right. I could sense it just based on
0: Oh, that matters more than anything.
1: Of the other songs um that I had heard. So mm-hmm. I was like You know, it's like I I just looked around for what I could find, any sample packs or, you know, sampling other songs or, you know, getting my hands on a vocal for something and chopping it up and just adding it to my music and stuff like that. Um, So it was just a lot of experimentation, which I still do to just tons and tons of experimentation with my music. Very
0: cool. Well, that's the way it ought to be done, I guess. I mean... Sorry, Chris. Yeah, cut you off. Oh here. no, no,
2: it's fine. No, I remember. With me, like I used to uh, occasionally get magazines that would teach me things about frequency or or mixing, and like you know, I, I, I kind of learned a little bit through. there's a, I think the out the there was a thing called. Uh, future music and they would do like little uh, oh, yeah. tutorials on how to uncertain things on how and they re- would review synthesizers too and that would always get me really excited just looking at synthesizers got me excited because it was like oh look how oh, it's whole little world of making sounds how interesting and um yeah so when you started getting involved in vaporwave um what where was your first release exactly again actually so i did I
1: self-released because I was just pumping out music and I was just like, I just want to put it out. Like I was trying to do it kind of carefree, so I I did a lot of self-releasing.
2: My mm. first
1: experience with actually releasing with a label was with
2: Pacific Plaza. Oh, that was the Pacific out. Plaza release was your first label release. I Who did, is yeah, in I, chat, right? I now. wasn't sure if that Good was your first label release or not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was, it was with uh, Pacific Plaza, which I love the Hot takes with with Alex. That was oh, a fun me watch. Me too. I Alex a lot. <laughs> what Alex, how did Alex? How did, how did you find Alex? Or how did Alex find you? you? Um, so I think it was through Twitter, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Alex, I see you in the in the chat. Um, but like it was, I was posting uh, videos of for an upcoming show. Um, because I was playing shows at the time. Nice. Uh, and like he saw I think he saw that I was like more active locally and wanted to release some music that I already put out which was the uh, deep web trap beats which was my vapor trap album clean Um, which that all, I almost didn't release because what? it was just like it was just like for fun and because I, I was releasing I was putting together feel which was like my serious album I was like I'm which putting all my time and energy into album. that yeah. oh thank you I love feel Thank you. And um, and I, I put it out and then it was like shortly after I re- released Deep Web Trap Beats, which seemed to be more widely loved, which is
0: hilarious because I just uh, I almost didn't release it. So it's it's, it's like, like you the way to what's going to resonate with the audience. Yeah. Which is why you have to find the old pop punk band's recordings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's <very funny>. uh, <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> who were you uh, who were you playing shows with if I may ask and, and was it in southern california This was in uh for, as far as
1: eventual infinity this would have been in 2017 so it was with Darian Shields Oh um, no
2: nice. Oh, nice love Darian Which
1: he uh he found my music and with because I used the Seattle tag on Bandcamp he was like Sick. he reached out to me and he had been putting on shows for a while in Seattle oh, um, really? He played with, uh, do you know Otto? Or, like, Company yeah, Car? of course yeah. I know
2: Otto. Yeah. Zach is a very Otto, dear believe. old he's friend of mine. Actually. And he's in the chat right now. What's there up? he is, Saturn Valley. Oh, wow! Yeah, there, <laughs> there he <laughs> is. That there guy's is. an OG. Absolutely, so they, he's one of the originals, the first waver.
1: Yeah, they played shows together, I'm um, and, um, there was, like, a small, there was kind of a small community of Vaporwave people. Uh... But um, yeah, I never I never got to play a show uh, with with all of the originals from Seattle because a lot of people moved away, too. It's like I found out about Enrail, and then Enrail moved yeah. to L.A. Um, Epson uh, was in Epson's Seattle in too, and, I believe. and he played a show. Uh, we were going to actually play a show in March 2020 together. And we all know how March 2020 went. And that right. was actually the first oh, time gosh. I ever did a live stream. Uh, So it was Darian Shields and I who did a a live stream.
0: I feel like I remember that.
1: And I think it was the very first one in like that first wave of like online shows because our show was supposed to happen. It's like lockdown happened right then. Yeah. So I remember um,
0: how terrible, but yet exciting it was when everybody figured out, why don't we just do it online? And there was like, mm-hmm. you know, Pacific Plaza was doing it. I want to say Pocari did one or two. There was like an explosion. You know, we did a few on Rosewood. That, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make everything else that happened. Okay. By any stretch. Right. We, we, we found a way to make lemonade out of the lemons.
1: Yeah, it's true. And it, it did bring everyone closer in a sense, uh, mm-hmm. in the community and stuff. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it really does suck because I was ramping yeah. up playing. I was playing way more shows. I, I, I want to say, know, like,
0: I, I Chris yeah. had a lot of momentum going on. I had some momentum. Oh, yeah, you know, I almost joined it, a collective it's in it's Vegas. So many like, those big time. Things. And then coronavirus. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> we got a backlog of questions for you from chat, man. Strip oh, silence oh, yeah. wants like, to know. All right, wow, let's, I guess let's get to some of them. Yes. We got like, I got a big backlog, man. Strip silence says, what is the balance of importance for you in an album between music, track names, and art?
2: Oh, what Ooh, a great question. Great
0: fucking question. Strip silence. Oh my
1: gosh. I think it's all got to make sense. Like there's, and I'm sure you all can relate to this. When you see a, a complete piece of art, and it just like everything's clicking you're not even thinking about it it's just like immersive and you're just yeah in it. like you just get it when you look at it and that includes the art um the uh, you know i would say
0: if i had to rank it music album art track list names mm. and track names um, i kind of agree the track names can be very evocative like you have a track called urban anxiety i believe And it's like, it's like a perfect, I mean, I don't know if that's one of like your, your like more popular tracks, but it's just got a perfect name, perfect name for the sounds in, in the song. So I'm going to remember that track name, but if it's like, you know, some long Katakana track, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, man. What do you think? Yeah. I want to know Chris.
2: Yeah. That's a great question. And I really love what you said about that, that, you know, that sort of cohesion point of when you get everything right. But it's so hard to figure out how to get everything right. So I would say that um, the music is really important. And then obviously the way you organize the tracks is extremely important. So you're creating a story, right? You're creating something that flows together. But man, oh man, is it really hard to get the... It's not even just album art to me, actually. Album art's really Mm -hmm. important, but it's actually like just the the layout. You know what I mean? The actual way that the art direction in general... Sometimes you have like a really great image you want to use and then you're like, great, I have this great image. All right, well, how do I work? It? Where do I put it? Right. Where, how, do I, how do I put it What kind of font do I use? What am, is there going to be an OB strip with this release? Do I, how I, what's that going to look like? How mm-hmm. is everything going to wrap around the physical product at the end of the day too? If we're talking about like, it's going to be a physical thing. It gets very complicated, right? So it gets complicated when it's just a physical thing because like you really want the presentation of the artifact to be correct. But even if it's not going to be a physical it's a digital release, that's almost even more pressure. Like how do I get one image to sum up everything? It's very hard. It's extremely difficult to come for me, at least to think about how to make these the, the album art work really well and to not overthink it. I think that, um, yeah. that's really, really important to the point where it's almost like a whole other thing. You know what I mean? And you get the albums back the in the done. day,
0: people releasing like whole booklets and shit little mini books full of artwork yeah. for the album
2: that's amazing and it you know but even when you start and then you're like well then like do i am i making it too complicated now am i making too much is there too much going on on it honestly for me it's like it starts with like the music the track list the track titles the way they go together how the volumes change within the songs you know which when there's gonna be like louder songs softer songs faster songs less you know energetic balancing where you put this where you put the music right and then like that's like a one whole thing right and then when that's Mm -hmm. done the album layout and the artwork and the fonts and the way like that's like it's actually its own separate thing to me you know what i mean so like yeah once the album's done once the music portion is done then tackling the art thing can almost be like so i mean not almost it is like very difficult you know so like for me like i separated into two things i say i like i have you know the music stuff first over there and then i'm gonna get to the mm-hmm. end the art stuff it's like yeah it's, it's what i just said it's the layout it's imagery it's color choice you know so actually, I actually i put them in two separate boxes <laughs>
0: like, do you, you ever get I mean? the artwork done before the song either me? one of you guys or like even ever start the artwork before the musical part not um, me no, no. I get images that inspire me and I get like visuals
2: that inspire me. I have like a little mood board that I'll look at. I'm thinking about, but that doesn't mean that I would love to see some of y'all's mood boards,
0: especially eventual infinity, since I know you're a retro futurist. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like I used, and that's a great point. So like mood boards, um, I use those a lot for visuals and like trying to figure out what I'm going to do for album art, but also for music too, because I like, to begin with this project, it was a lot oh, of yeah, futuristic visuals and stuff. Too, yeah, for
2: visuals and yeah.
1: music. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, when when we put together Thank You for Holding, I
0: had no idea oh, yeah. what to do with the art. I can't believe you organized
2: I, all that. That was crazy. Dude, and I appreciate which, your track. In that. I actually just
0: yeah. downloaded that to listen to a few weeks ago, and it's pretty solid.
1: Oh. Yeah, dude, and your track is incredible. It oh, fits perfectly thank you so with so much. Yeah. That was actually it's, like
2: um some of the first new music I'd done in a long time actually when I made that. And uh, I i it stands that. out. I for figured sure. a lot of people would be I, I just figured I, I wasn't gonna probably be able to add anything new that anyone wasn't already with uh, Opus um Opus number what's it called? Opus yeah number one, yeah opus right. number one thank you, yep. opus number you, one. you yes. got it yeah i i figured uh i figured uh, there's like a lot of people who are going to do a lot with that and i'm like why well, should probably mm-hmm. do something different because there's so many talented artists who are so synthesizer oriented that they're gonna like eyeliner and you know winter quilt these but, people are gonna do amazing things with that donor lens yeah it's why i was like well let me go in like a really weird direction <laughs> with right it. i mean so it thank really stood right. that. thanks i appreciate it
1: yeah, that, it was like you're almost in the back rooms of the whole because it was like, right, you know, yeah. taking a turn, which was great the because like... Version. And and that's what like I, I wanted to do is leave it open for everyone. It's like you can mm-hmm. remix this song or sample it or make something based on it or you can just do hold music or you can do something phone related. You know, like some right. people oh, just yeah. added phone sounds and like, you know, some... So it ended up being a pretty good balance in the end. You know, like people kind of made different stuff so it was interesting um but like with the with the mood board thing it was actually eyeliner because i was talking to him and i was like dude i have no clue what to do with the album art like i have no idea and he's like let's put together a google doc come up with some colors come up with some images come up with some concepts and like we'll we'll get through it and then (laughs) so he Played a huge part of how that album art ended up turning out because without him, like kind of funneling it in, and then we got that like this mood board doc to um, Tropical Virtual who just killed it, like completely right. just ran Tropical with it. Tropical Virtual d-
0: always tears down everything. Oh my make. gosh! It's un- I want to say they did some some 3D renders yeah. for for like a a 100P event once. Oh yeah, I could be mis misremembering, but Tropical Virtual is incredibly skilled. Yeah
1: super talented, and did... Um, I think did... Was it the Donkey Kong um, visuals? Yes! Donkey Kong Country for the... Donor Lens?
0: Yes! Yeah. I'm telling you, Tropical... Insane. God yeah. damn. And we've got like yeah. Data Girl, Nano Shrine, um, fuck, who else? Oh. All Hell Breaks Loops. We've got man some powerhouses in our scene. Thank mm-hmm. you for reminding yeah. me of Videodrome TVs here. Obviously, they're a yeah, visualist as Videodrome
1: well. Yeah, Videodrome is awesome we got to work together on a um what was that the uh, vapor space yeah uh, live stream just did incredible work with the visuals and stuff that's that's the whole other thing with vaporwave that makes it so cool is like i i feel like it's it's equ- it's more equal footing between visual the visual aspect of the art and the music and audio aspect of the art than any other community
0: it like should, it, it ought to be that way
1: absolutely because the visual yeah.
0: aspect of vaporwave is really important mm-hmm. you know it, it may not define the music but it's got a very strong visual accompaniment you know um we got absolutely. some we got some other questions uh i want to catch up with yeah. you if that's okay um quiz has two questions one of them is he wants to know when you're dropping your rap album paid in full <laughs> and he also and, wants to know i'm dead that's too funny <laughs> fucking quiz he wants to know about the title of your new album and where the title comes from
1: yeah so Pey- that's so funny because people have a hard time with my name so I just I usually say think Peyton full like something's Unreal. Peyton and they're like oh okay so I don't know as far as rapping I, I don't have bars I'll, I'll help produce a rap album but, um, but like a deep cover I would say uh I was looking up spy terms and, like, because it has a very sneaky, mysterious vibe. Nice. And I was looking up stuff. I I didn't want it to be too on the nose Um, because it does have a lot of like cyberpunk themes and sci-fi and it's really easy to put a shadowy person with a hood overlooking a city and having it be named something like Mist world or you know like something so i was like i was trying to like you know how can i make it because it's it's very sneaky so i started thinking about like what's sneaky well like agents and spies and so I started uh, looking up terms for all these different things and deep cover is like you know when an agent is like really like deep undercover it's called mm-hmm. deep cover so I thought that kind of fit the general vibe even though it's not really like a spy themed album or anything like that um, it's just it kind of evokes that uh, an emotion they're two strong words
0: that are very evocative words yeah Damn, exactly. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad Quiz asked that. Um, you wanted, uh, or you mentioned you didn't want. You mentioned earlier, um, you like to watch YouTube uh, videos about synths and luxury noise. Wanted to know who your favorite synth nerd YouTube person is. Oh or, my God! You want um, to name some favorites? Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I love, uh, I love Heinbach because he does a lot of like rare and unknown synthesizers. He's he'll be like he's Heinbach? this very. Su- Heinbach. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah cool. he's like this. It's H A I N B A C H, and he um, he makes like very, or he he'll he'll say like, I found this Italian synthesizer that hasn't been made for fifty years, and like he just will all of a sudden like know all this history about some weird instrument. Love his stuff. Um, I love uh Geosynths. He's a sound designer Ooh. in the UK. Thanks, who, Lux, for the um, link. She hooked us up with Heinbach's channel. Oh, sweet. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Heinbach's great. Um, and then also, then there's like um uh, I'm trying to think who else. Nick Bat is pretty good. He's kind of like the well-known synth reviewer. Okay. Um, but I also like. Uh, there's just like some unknown what's so cool about youtube is like any anybody can make a video about something and it's like Mm -hmm. so i'll just look for a certain kind of synthesizer and then just look and it's like somebody who has like 500 subscribers and they made like a a an hour-long video essay with sound examples and it's all incredible for some specific synthesizer or something so um but I would say probably the most interesting is Heinbach. Um, Alex Ball is also really good. He does a lot of history of synthesizers, so he'll talk about like Roland, and do like a nice. whole big video essay on like a company from, you know, a certain period in time to today. Um, and then he Almost also like has incredible doc. chops. Yeah, yeah. That, that's with like fascinating. Yeah, with like great sound examples and fun stuff to learn oh, yeah. and then also uh tutorials on like how to you know design certain sounds that were used in you know different different stuff so i really like sound designer based um synth youtubers cuz i feel like i can learn a lot from I got them you. Yeah,
0: yeah that's not, i don't i don't make music unfortunately <clears throat> it's it's too beyond my pay grade but that would sound that would probably be something that would appeal even to myself is hearing like examples of what makes that synth so unique or desirable you know what i mean uh luxury yeah. says they're really into florian pills and bad gear seeing oh, those bad guys? gears great bad yeah. gear, bad nice. gear is hilarious
1: yeah very cool he, he yeah, he has very. Um, it's great if you are feeling like you have a short attention span because he adds a lot of like memes and shit to his videos. Oh, so. there you go. Okay. Yeah, so it can it, it'll keep you entertained and it's also really, um, really uh, insightful too. So, good times.
0: Thanks for the name drops. Yeah. Uh, uh, KJ Valium sure. wants to know what your favorite '70s electronic album is. Oh wow! Oh my God! Whoa! Okay. <laughs>
1: Um, so that's a that's a deep cut. Yeah. Um, seventies electronic. Would Tangerine Dream fall into that? For sure they would fall. Yeah, into I that. believe so.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. They have a bunch of output late sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Even the late sixties, yeah, I didn't know that. So I would
1: maybe say Exit was my favorite album of theirs. Just really. Um intense it, it's a lot of their music can get intense but it's also very um cinematic and kind of pulls you very in so much i'd so. say i'd say tangerine dream beautiful
0: yeah i'm not as knowledgeable about music from that era as i would like to be but i do know tangerine dream very evocative music yeah. chris you got any other good ones for paid before i move on to my silly questions oh, cool. um it's about to be silly yeah, question time. Folks. I do,
2: actually, sure. I have a question for you. Um, I know you're compelled to make music. What does it do for you making music? What does mm-hmm. that does it satisfy something inside you? And what is that? Like why are you compelled to make music? Dude, that
1: is the question. I mean, I ask myself that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, That's a hard ask question. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's 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 a, a harder I mean, language. And because it's a moving target, I felt like what I've wanted to get out of music has mm. changed over time. Mm. But I think the most liberating thing for me in the past couple of years that I've really realized is yeah. that this like desire to make it, yeah, like if, if you just let that go and just focus on the craft itself and focus on making art that will connect with people that's so much more fulfilling than like focusing on um you know is this going to be well received is this going to help figure something out for me or you know it's it it really just comes down to focusing on the craft something that is relaxing for me and enjoyable but um it's a great way to like tell stories and connect with others. I was that's ultimately say, what I arrived to, at.
2: It, that's I couldn't agree more. It's a great way to speak to people and get to and like you know, it's a way way to speak to people in a different language, you know what I mean? And you can convey different things through it that are going on in your mind that maybe you couldn't really even do with words. You know, different aspects of your personality and who you are and your brain. You know what I mean? In a way that it's not possible even through just conversation. You know what I mean? And then, so when you're thinking yeah. about the audience, it's like you're having a conversation with somebody.
1: Absolutely. And that's what's incredible about like synthesizers too. And I know yeah. we've talked about synths a little bit. I know you you love the uh, D50, right? Isn't that your, or is it the- You're right. No, no,
2: no, that's right. Rolling that's D50. Yeah,
1: love, yeah, D50 is my favorite. Aww. That's right. Mm-hmm. Dude, so synthesizers. So I heard someone say like synthesizers are- for those in-between emotions uh-huh. How fast? because you can you can find these sounds that will make you feel a certain way and it's like that is like that's an electronic signal making mm-hmm. the speaker wiggle and it's like it's moving my my, my soul really, really, it's like i'm feeling really,
2: it it's digital like, sex saying it's all like moving the pressure in the air controlling the air pressure to create these things. Yeah, yeah and, and like it's just like
1: ripping it. my guts out and it's like why is this like electronic mm-hmm. instrument doing that and Um, so I think it's all like, to your point, it's communicating with people with, with sound in a way that isn't bound to language that is just so beautiful. And when people get, get it and they connect with it, it's just such an incredible thing.
0: Especially hearing people's different interpretations. It's really cool when you can evoke a very specific image or feeling, but it's also really cool when you get people with wildly different takeaways from the same work of art. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not an artist, but but it's it's always fun to get people to you know if you want to go into like mega geek out mode and like sit down and ask people if you share your the same favorite work and just ask people what what image does this put in your head, you know? Yeah, what does this make you Absolutely. daydream of? Uh Pacific yeah. Plaza requests that we ask you about your performance at the second tape swap.
1: Oh man. <laughs> That was so good that was so much fun um talk about being on like a a manic high like that was just like i felt like i was just like buzzing for days after that and just like leading up to that meeting everyone for the first time um uh you know uh like it it felt very unreal you know, looking up and seeing artists that I love their music and they're like excited and cheering for stuff I was, it was like the first time I had really kind of felt that way with music where it was just like, wow, this is, this is really special. Um, and it was, I'm it was enough to really stuff. excite me and like keep me going and, and make make more stuff within this community. It was just, it was so cool meeting everyone. Everyone was so awesome. And, yeah. um, it just felt like, I don't know, almost, almost out of body to be a little cliche, but it was just, it just seemed so surreal.
0: I am I'm um, still upset that I did not make it. I barely missed it. Cause I was picking up a very dear friend from LAX. Um, Oh yeah. I'm told that it was a, a lovely experience. I'm told it smelled very bad outside but that everything else about it was just phenomenal yeah
1: yeah it's the smell after all
0: i really (laughs) love the fact that your performance though just kind of inspired you and and you know kind of helped refuel that desire to continue creating i feel like a lot of people kind of had that from of the third electronic con as well um yeah i'm curious did you attend were you able to make it i was not able to make it um Yeah, I
1: I had already like prepaid for a vacation for my birthday, oh, which it yeah there you go. it yeah, felt yeah, like everything everything landed on that same weekend. I like had already like bought my plane tickets and stuff and like you know put deposits down and crap like that so but it was like that so there was Electronicon, con uh, my family reunion which had hadn't <laughs> gone on for like three years and then also there was like a sound design synth fest in seattle where like oh, no tons way. of like huge sound designers from all over the world flew into seattle for velocity couldn't and miss that then and then sleep pattern was asking me about some other show that he's like, "Oh, you are you going to be in town for this?" So it was like I missed out on all that, including Electronic on, Electronic on three. Yeah. So it was just like, of course, the one weekend. Like I mm-hmm. finally take a vacation for the first time in like two years, three years, <clears throat> and of course, but yeah. So I missed out. I was super sad. I had to not look at social media
0: during <laughs> oh bro i mean i i got to go but i've been in those shoes i missed the very yeah. first one and i'm i'm still salty about that well we got next year other... though for sure i want da- oh, so. oh, yeah, to meet you guys in person so oh god yeah gotta be there can't be missed yeah um yeah a couple good questions uh, D- uh data girl says would you ever go back to djing and clubs oh man um
1: I don't know that I would ever go back to DJing in general.
2: Really?
0: Damn.
1: Yeah, no desire. That's cold. Like, there's... There's a part of me... Like, I did a couple... Let's see. How long ago I mean, it's was a lot that? of people there's out there like making two fun of three. people for
0: pressing the sync button or using the crossfader <laughs> or not beat matching by ear. Yeah. That just which, drags. Which, I don't know. There's just something,
1: like... Which I'm doing kind of a DJing thing now. Like I'm using Ableton and I am I have some tracks and some stuff, even though it's like it's part live performance and part recorded, so I don't know that
2: Oz is all electronic music, you know?
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I would ever go back to the way before, maybe not, but maybe in a new in a new sense. I I never want to say never though because who the hell knows? Like what what drives me and inspires me changes all the time. So next year I could be back in clubs DJing. I don't know. It's like you kind of just get possessed to do things. Benefits and drawbacks. Yeah. And there's nothing against DJing. Like I love watching a good DJ. It's incredible. And Mm. um, when the energy and the vibes right, it's just it's an incredible experience. And DJs work so hard. And I know I. (laughs) I've given you shit about (laughs) pushing sync and all that stuff, but that's just me um, knowing which buttons to push because people would always joke with me when I was (laughs) DJing about different shit. Um, So it's just funny. Um, But
0: yeah. Hey, it's all love. I don't know. Yeah. KJ Valium has an interesting question. Uh, They want to know what is the worst thing that's been said to you to insult or dismiss your music? Ow, oh ouch. man um there's been so many
1: i mean so at one point <laughs> no, at one are. point that's disappointing I that I we all I mean, have a
2: feeling it's an artist right yeah, yeah. which like is i this? know like What's this spaceship music you're playing what the hell is this shit? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right especially because
1: it was like during the times like before you know like uh Like, especially with electronic music. When I moved, because I moved from Southern California up to the Northwest, and I lived in, like, rural Eastern Washington at one point. And when I was was DJing at bars and stuff, it was just so funny watching people's reactions or people coming up to the booth and, you know, they're like, what the hell? What is this? Like, what are you doing?
0: You got to play some Daft
1: Punk. (laughs) Which even that would have been too spicy for these people. You know, it's like... Oh my god! Oh, yeah, you so don't I'm... want to
2: be DJing in the wrong area. I mean, I I now only specifically like only really DJ for vaporwave parties, um, you know, and like because I like remember when I first started doing this, and I remember like I would just take any gig that I got, and I remember being in one where I was just playing like the music I liked and the one I wanted to hear, and like somebody comes up to me, he's like, "Yo, there's some bitches in the back that want to hear Nelly," and I'm like, <laughs> oh, "I don't think I'm the right DJ for you." <laughs> like, God. <laughs> Um, I don't have that skill set and it's, 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 you know, I, I don't, I don't have that skill set to play what, you know, what, what normal people want to hear. I wish I did, but weird I people, don't. I know exactly what to play for them to make them dance. But like, <laughs>
0: normal people. Oh boy. I don't know. I don't have that. I'm not, I'm not talented at that. I can't do it. You have to have a broad knowledge of and appreciation for like just normie music. Well, you have not to like. It's not even that. It's Norman it's also music. like it's all. Well,
2: it's also like you have an appreciation for the act of creating a party for people, creating a yeah. dance party for people, no matter what the situation. Yeah, know those people, like, and you know, I have a lot pass. of friends who are DJs that DJ multiple different types of parties in multiple different formats. And even though they don't go home and listen to whatever they're DJing in that format, they really love the the, the job of creating a environment for people to have fun and dance mm-hmm. and to feel comfortable and to recognize the songs that are being played. You know, like a good. You know, I had one DJ who were to it as like you know like a really like you know maybe it's not the most like intellectual thing but it's like a nice home-cooked meal for somebody you know what i mean like they come in they know yeah. the songs they dance to them they play them it's in a, a nice personalized sequence. experience they mix them in a way that's interesting and everyone has a really nice time and that's what they love about it it's not always the music they love that part that part of it that's just not me uh, <laughs> like i have to love the audience and love what Apparently... they're doing and i also have to really like the music that i'm playing a
0: lot Chris, apparently yeah. there's been a handful of Nelly references in the chat today, and then you just put the third nail in with the joke. Really? About the in the back I, oh, wow, I had no idea that Nelly. Nelly was coming back back back, back uh, like that. Apparently that, that isn't. All funny. right. So <laughs> I would like to know, Peyton, um, is there such thing as objectivity in art? Do you think specifically music, there is any such thing as objectively bad music? I don't and think you... so.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um right. Because it, it's hard, even with like something so as like clinical as like mixing and mastering, and like people th- will talk like there's like these set rules and the way you have to do it is this, this, and this. But then all of a sudden, someone starts doing it some other way, and that sounds great. I think it really just comes to: Does it sound great? Do you like it? It's and it's all those subjective terms. Um, I don't think anything can be objectively
0: bad. Same with good; you, you don't. Nothing can be objectively good. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, like there's... there are things that are critically acclaimed that are agreed yeah, upon but... by certain.
1: And that's like a consensus almost, you know? It's yeah. not like...
0: I don't know who's deciding these things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I'm i not the guest today, sir. Please, but I guess I think maybe there is a little bit more objectivity, but overall, no. I think it's mostly subjective. I don't think there is such thing as... I guess the only objectively bad art is art that's like not really where you know they just didn't really try or it wasn't really made to evoke anything it was just like oh,
2: corporate
0: just, yeah yeah and, and even if even then, that gets
2: repurposed by like sometimes the corporate art exactly. is not bad yeah. i mean uh, i guess uh well in i guess my opinion, uninspired art
0: would be objectively bad
2: who knows in my in my opinion i guess you know in my opinion there is no objectively bad art but i have taste and i, I think, think that i have objectively- really good but taste is important so. <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. Taste is important and developing important. and um and, and, and developing taste is really important because you know having a strong taste in music and a strong taste in art in general and a and a good ear for what you think is really good is very influential, it's a powerful thing. You know what I mean? Then people listen to you, people trust you because you have a very clear it's another way of communicating who you are to people. And you know, if you if you really think deeply about the art you consume and the music you consume and whatever else, you know what I mean. And you develop like a, an eye for what you think is really good. Well, you're mm-hmm. doing more than most people. You know, you can. You know, yes, there is no objectively bad music, but there is certainly a thing. Taste is a real thing. You know what I mean. And yeah, and and the people who develop in uh, a taste, like a deep taste. Or you know, in what they like, and what they think is good, and what they think is bad, and they can explain to you that why they think That's it's good and why they element. think it's bad they have to is to really it. is is a really powerful and important thing, and people should take the time to do that, you know. And um, while there is no objectively bad music, there certainly is taste, you know, and people who have who are able to communicate their tastes very well. I will say, I think there are some quantifiers
0: There are some quantifiable things, like if something was innovative. If something pushed boundaries, if something, but then was again, what is that? I mean, that's true, to do like technical true. music, you know?
2: Okay, true, but that Mad doesn't rock, always mean it's jazz. good. Look, it doesn't true. always mean, but someone could that say true. that they doesn't, it's not good. If something was <laughs> someone done could first, also still tell you it's you know, not good, even if it was really, worked, yeah, worked really hard on it, even if it pushed a boundary, true, they might be like, I don't even know what the fuck this boundary, what what the fuck boundary is being pushed. And like, they could be like, What boundary are you talking about? I don't like it. Well, that's
1: that's like, wasn't it. Like, yeah, you uh, can't the, win an argument with
2: someone who says in the Gregorian
1: care, like chant days. Mm-hmm. I remember they, that they said like three note chords were bad, like it was this music of the devil. Yeah, I like, remember that. You couldn't play chords, lots of no chords, <laughs> no chords. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, but that was innovative. So, but yeah, it was probably seen as objectively bad and evil by the church. I think
2: people, I think <laughs> you people know? who develop taste. In general, in the process of developing your own personal taste in art, you also learn to understand yourself better. And that makes you just a more interesting person. You know what I mean? Rather than that, you just like everything and you're just like open to everything. Yeah. I think you're more interesting person if you know your taste in art, which is a difficult thing to develop. You have to sort of work at it. Then that implies to people that this, that you kind of know yourself as well. You know, you're someone that has strong opinions on this world where, uh, you know, I don't know. It's important. It makes 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 you an interesting person. It makes you somebody that people want to learn about.
0: Well, if you I want am, to talk taste making, yeah. I would like to know, Peyton, what you think of the importance of taste makers? How important are reviews, blogs, curators, oh, Spotify playlists, YouTube? That's what do you think? Do you think those are hmm. important? Do you use them? Do you want to engage with them as an artist? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah. And it, I mean this, so I think they're absolutely important. Um, and I guess it depends on what you're trying to do with your music. If you're not trying to get it out to as many ears as possible, then. Um, or if you're, for example, like if you don't, I, I noticed with some reviewers, it's hard to get really good critical feedback. And that is one thing that I would say is kind of difficult in the Vaporwave community because everyone is so supportive. Do I smell a <laughs> And tape? everyone is like, let's go forward. Let's, you know, let's, let's, that's great. Let's, you know, let's keep pushing it. Let's keep going. Which makes for a great experimental breeding ground of new styles and new things. And that's why so much new stuff is coming out of this community. But at the same time, there's no like critical reviews. I sometimes like when I send my music to people and I'm trying to get feedback on it, it's like, you almost have to be specific. It's like, how does the, I, am really sketching out about how the sub bass is mixing with the kick. Can mm-hmm. you give me feedback on that? It's like, you almost have you to, have be to very ask specific. other artists. That's like bro. the
2: benefit of people who master things. That's what I usually like, whether I send it to Zach or, or Angel or Fiverr, or yeah. I have to look at channel. They give me like, they give me like the, they give me like the technical stuff. At the end of the day, like, I um, I don't really need anybody to tell me what about my music. I know it's good. <laughs> like, it's good to <laughs> me. I mean, Somebody if you're going to be in vaporwave, you you know, you learn to be, you got, you know, and we also all need to learn to be our own critics in regards to, like, the song structure or what we're trying to make. But I agree with Peyton about, like, yeah, I want to know, I have problems with my, my right. mixing bass occasionally, and I'm like, is my sub too high? Like, that is a real thing. And fortunately, I can say I will occasionally send it to people who master, and they're really good at telling me that sort of thing. But you're right; like the average person is is going to be very supportive and kind about it, you know. But you're right when you have like these. Te- that's a technical thing. That's also like a whole other thing too that you're talking about. That's, that's like a true. Technical and, criticism,
1: and that's so. That's where it's like I it's, it's now, hard I mean, to get you, you I, think it's,
2: about
1: that. I think it's really. just hard to get critical feedback on things because a lot of reviews are really positive like people will only take on a review
2: if they want no, you know, to well, or if they know, think if it's you like want, a oh, zero obviously, out of uh, well you know Peyton if you're thirsting for that there's this wonderful website called rateyourmusic.com you want to get some critical <laughs> feedback right. sir if you're you tired of all these kind music's... words from people well but Do don't worry brother I've got a website for you if you're craving that oh yes
0: dude which Polish. yeah. So I, actually, I tweet- you
2: know what? You want you could definitely get that. It's all right there on that We need to have a hot takes Jordan episode before. where
0: we bring on our previous guests and have them read one of their <laughs> rate your music Oh like my this. god, it's
2: so mean. Can't um, do it. exactly. You know? exactly Which-
0: for great content. <sighs>
2: I'll be right back. I get something to drink. Yeah. Which
0: right. I
1: just I, t- I tweeted about that I think a, a day or two ago about, you know, like whatever I'm feeling good, I just look at rate your music and oh, shit. you know, submit some tracks to submit hub. And it's hilarious, like the reasons why <laughs> I they won't want to do a review. Yeah. It's just like, you know, one one person uh, said, "This is a weird
0: song." Seriously, <laughs> you can't like, get any and it just helpful doesn't... criticism.
1: Right? It's like I want some actual, like, critical, like, I. But I also the danger of that is I don't want it to be like Pitchfork, where it's like <laughs> the most pretentious too... thing you've ever read. Yeah. Exactly. Like almost the opposite. Somebody knows the of entire
0: that. history of the hi hat yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, I yeah. I mean for your own mental health, you seem like you can take a beating, but for your own mental health it sounds like you should keep a wide berth. Maybe <laughs> only every once in a while as a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Just just take a beating. Look at rate your music. <clears throat> All right, chat, you got to help me out, but I've got lots of good ones for you um, until somebody has something better. I want to know as a former DJ or even if you were DJing right now, are you the kind of guy that would give a track ID if you were asked?
1: A track ID. So like something I'm keeping secret, like if somebody mine. wanted
0: to know what that song was, would you tell him? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. If I could, like, if I wasn't under some agreement or right. you know some, I would not absolutely. Oh shit, is that
0: a thing? I have no idea. Maybe I hope not. you know. It's, you know, I, I want to yeah. just I, I want to just take a moment to see how you feel about this, since you know, Chris Chris dropped off cam for just a minute, but Enrail had a really great take that I thought about using as as you might remember from the from the intro the pre show. Um, how do you feel about like the opening DJs having to play quieter? music uh, or music that's not oh. as like active or interesting or hard or danceable or whatever when they're the opening DJ.
1: I think you got to go into it understanding what your role is and if like That's fair. If you're opening for like a headliner, like people are coming to watch this headliner and you're like like you're you're opening for them, and your name is like an additional guest. So and so, you don't want to go in and like completely. <laughs> it would be <laughs> you're right. I, that I would know, be like quite gauche Way over over the top, overdoing everything, and like you know, um, being some you know, like playing all their songs and shit. Like you know,
0: completely just stepping on their toes. At strip silence just that. said playing singles from the headliner. Yeah, that's definitely gauche Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, so it's like you don't want to overshadow them if people are coming to see this other person, but there's there, but at the same time, you should be able to throw down and like be exciting, um, just, just be, be able to play exciting, appropriate, and, play. and that may come down to the promoter. It's like, why did the promoter book some, you know, heavy dubstep producer to open for a vibey, you know, like tech house DJ? <laughs> you know, that might be the problem. Absolutely. Is the promoter? Didn't like, you know, correctly do it, which, you know, traditionally in electronic music shows and stuff, you would kind of ease into the night, you know, it's like, everyone's showing up, you're all chatting, everyone's kind of getting the lay of the land, figuring the vaporwave. Yeah. Um, So I think it depends on the flow of the night and, you know, what's, you know, what's agreed upon the context. So... Fair. I don't know. What do you
0: think? No, that's a very professional answer. Um, I think uh, I think you're absolutely correct. Um, I, I do think it's kind of a shame when people are told to like tone down or don't go too hard, or we're literally going to physically turn your your volume level down. Like, yeah, that's kind of shitty. But I yeah. see I see why it's important and why it works. Warming up the room, as Strip Silence says, is very important. There's no shame in it. Thank you, Strip Silence. Quiz with another banger of a question. Can you discuss what it was like working with Fake Fever and how that came about? Also, is Fake Fever Vaporwave?
1: Two great questions. So, first, I would say uh, in working with him, I remember finding his music on Twitter. He would post these little clips of him like working on stuff and I would just retweet it all the time. It's like, the second I would see him post the video, I'm like, yep, this is awesome, I'm retweeting this because it was just really cool uh, to see um, his approach to music and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Great guy. Uh, such, yeah, such a, a, just an awesome person. And um, we worked together uh, a little bit you know, we tried to collab on. Um, what,
2: who are we talking about at the moment? I'm sorry. Fake fever. Fake uh, fever. Oh, love fake fever. Wonder, what a wonderful yeah, gentleman. Very talented. Yeah. So cool. some excellent collabs with him. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um. You so, go. it was. I I sent him uh, "Mornings in Hawaii," that song. Uh, it was just an instrumental at that time, and I asked him if he just wanted to add some sounds to it. He said, "You know what? I hear some vocals." Uh-huh. He's like, it sounds like a complete song. Can I just add some vocals? And I was like, oh, sure. So it was completely just oh, wow. organic. Like, And he laid down Very some cool. vocals. And I was just like, yep, this is perfect. And he, he was so like nonchalant about it, too. He's like, you don't have to use any of these takes if you don't want to. Or you know, whatever you decide to do, I'm, I'm cool with. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is incredible. Um, so we knew we wanted to work together again. I added some sounds to uh, one of his tracks on his... Um, his first LP, and I do want to shout out his next LP is insane. He's like putting, the, he's been posting about doing the final touches on it, yeah. and oh, I, can I um, hear it. I'm sure dude,
2: he's so creative. He's it so creative. is
1: it like he has been spending some time on his songwriting and production, and it's just incredible. Like it's going to be so good. Um, so. So like working with him, um, I take more of a sound designer approach and gotcha. like I get into the technical nitty gritty a little bit more. I love the nerdy stuff and I tend to think about writing from a sound design perspective where he has a really great pop sensibility about him, where he understands how uh, to structure a song that people will enjoy <laughs> and that makes sense. So mm. a lot of That's our a killer like, duo. A lot of our collabs were me sending him tracks and then him saying, yeah, (laughs) I'll try to lay some down. So he would lay some down. He's like, yeah. And we're just kind of like, yeah, this is all right. And then every once in a while, you know, he would chop up some of the loops I would send him and say, like, try this structure, try this. So we worked really well that way that... um, And uh, so those two singles we put out together were kind of the... um, The uh, output from us doing that—we just were. I was sending him a whole bunch of whips and just seeing what he gravitated towards and what he felt like he could sing on. So I'm sure we'll work on more together. Um, So and which I'm I'm looking forward to. But uh, yeah, yeah. Is his next? I I know I'm kind of rambling on this, but like his his next album is so so good it's like it it spans a lot of different styles he really he really pushed himself i think on this one to make it um a more complete pop record even more than last time and as far as him being vaporwave i don't i Mm -hmm. if we're gonna if we're gonna go down that road i don't really know Mm -hmm. i would say i like his his Uh, you know how most artists have like this this like um uh, this like third person. I have it too. Like a third person written uh, profile on their Spotify or whatever. Okay. His his on Spotify. I think it it used to say. I don't know if it still says. It just says pop pop songs dunked in the in the pool. And it's like nice. it's like the perfect right the perfect descriptor for it. It's just like it's very poppy. It's like synth pop, chill wave. Mm. Um, but mm. he. He, like um, me, uh, and also I would say Donor Lens, to a certain extent, are sneaky samplers. I don't think people would believe how much sampling and shit I hide in my music. And nice. same goes for Fake Fever. He's constantly like sam- sampling and doing stuff. But then we're getting into the conversation of what is Vaporwave. My,
2: and that. my, my, <laughs> my, an- my answer is he's here. He's in the scene. Right, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> He's it's here. An experimental he music. electronic he's here. music scene. He's, Come on, he
2: fits. He fits in with us. He plays with
0: us. He's around us. There you go. He's here. Is he mm. classic paper? No, but I don't know, man. He's here. He's I love. I'm, I'm glad he's here. I... Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> a really good answer. people who
2: are here and maybe shouldn't be here usually just don't last that long you know what i mean mm, they right. don't last that long and maybe they aren't making what you would call vaporwave in the most uh, obvious sense but they're here and they're vibing and they're part of this group and this movement and they keep mm. doing events and production with us and uh they don't wash out or they don't feel like this isn't what they want this isn't the world they want to be in you know what i mean and a lot of people do. A lot of people come in here from different scenes that aren't making anything that we would necessarily think could fit possibly into this little world. And uh, they either stay here or they wash out. And that's how I figure: who's supposed to and not supposed to be here.
0: Wow. Just let
2: the let, the, let yeah. the world sort it out. The world sorts it out, usually. This little, and I made little an thing. answer. That,
1: and you're like... <laughs> so I know you've been around since
2: the beginning, which yes, I Sir I, I yeah. there wasn't a name so, for it back then.
1: Right. So you've seen so many people come in and out. And, so many people. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> that's just that's that part of it's crazy. I haven't actually heard that answer before. Or I mm-hmm. haven't really thought of it that way. It's like you know, we're we get so caught up in almost like the objectivity of what a genre is that it's like it's it's
0: really the community is what it's about. be the
2: most vaporwave producer in the whole world. Let's see how long you're here for.
0: <laughs> I mean, it yeah. could be helpful in describing certain sound palettes, sure. but are we yeah. using it to be like, totally. no, he's not vaporwave. Get out. Then it's just like, yeah. who cares, man? Come I on. I think about it. I think about what that, what
2: it means all the time. I, uh, I'm letting other people talk about it these days. I talk, talked about it a lot. I've considered it from multiple different angles. Um, yeah and, and i i've been a very strict traditionalist about it i've been a very open person about it I mean, i'm interested yeah. to see what other people yeah. have to say these
0: days yeah yeah that's a I good mean, way to be i i don't think that there's an interest in excluding or gatekeeping personally but i guess i could see if there's anything wrong like Listen. I think but there's, there's no wrong samples with you, you know
2: i i don't think there's anything wrong with people doing either side of that argument i think there's nothing wrong with people saying that it's a it's a movement it's like it's like a whole like it's a scene it's it's a vibe it's a way of life you know it's a lifestyle music and then i also don't see anything wrong with the people who insist that it should be a certain way and that's what it is and yeah. that makes sense to me too so go ahead people keep talking it's interesting it's interesting Maybe yep. maybe it's interesting. This is, it's interesting. I like ide- <laughs> I like ideas. I like ideas. I like them bouncing around off each other. People challenging each other. It amuses me. It's interesting.
0: Peyton, why don't you tell but us she... your favorite A twenty four film?
2: Oh yeah, that's funny. I don't do that. Don't. Fall oh my trap. god. I made a rant Dude. on what Instagram you don't like A twenty four. No, no. Shut up. I made a rant on Instagram. <laughs> And I like A24 films. I love A24 Proceed. films, Those phenomenal films they put out, but there's some people who just think that independent cinema begins and ends with A24 and it just mm. curate their whole taste and personality. See, that's the opposite of taste. You know, I was talking about like curating, you know, just finding, you know, developing taste, cultivating a taste. The opposite of that is just like taking that and making it be your taste. You know, you can like A24 films, but you really should try and, look Around and see what else fits your, your world perspective and fits your aesthetic sensibilities. So, I, I got annoyed with people who just uh, I'm done talking about this after This next sentence, <laughs> who, who just uh, you know, just take that and let it become their personality and their taste. I don't, I what don't is like an that.
1: A24 movie? Like, what's just like
2: the production company, you know,
1: or, or what, like, what is the what are some examples? The Lighthouse, okay, these are all good movies,
2: these are all great movies which i i haven't seen any of those i do aren't
0: the safety brothers films on a24 i believe they are good as well this yeah a
2: really great production Hereditary. distribution really great distribution company yeah um but let's not think that it's the only one and there's some that are really yeah. it's good to look into and, and to dig for things that are harder to find you know what i mean obviously like you know yeah they have a lot of stuff like red rocket the green knight you know, think solo it's like a really like it's the thing is like you can just take a 24 films and it'll cover like a lot of ground and a lot of different like ideas and some phenomenal directors but you shouldn't just you should also keep looking for harder things too i don't know that's it that's all i have to say about that
0: okay a real question from quiz what was it like working with be careful and do you have a favorite collab
2: be careful is the very best person yeah. Be
0: careful is like one of the wonderfully best inspiring collab-
2: human being. True, i right. I was honored to, to remix one of his tracks recently.
1: Great all around person, mm. and just such a natural collaborator. I loved your uh, discussion with with Be Careful. Wasn't it um, great? And hot takes. I loved his whole it's... Like,
2: perspective on everything. <laughs> it's yeah, wonderful. He's uh, such a fascinating person.
1: Yeah, which i i did a remix recently um for for be careful um that was a lot of fun and it's 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 very trancy and very dancey, uh it, what i ended up doing with it and it was you know the their donor lens collab track um from the last record yeah, i did something
2: completely different with the track that i remixed for him but i don't know he just got inspired you know what yeah, i mean like, from, like exactly the sounds that, the sounds and the ideas and just the people involved in it i don't know it's interesting. interesting.
1: I would love to work more with. Be careful because it's just yeah, it no. is really inspiring music. Um, and it's it, what's interesting about collabs too is you can't like it's nothing you can fake. Like it's either gonna work or it's not. There's times where I've I've tried to collab with people and I'm just like I just I can't come up with anything. I'm so really. I it's <laughs> happened damn. to me.
2: Collabing wow. is hard. Like I, I've remixed and I've like rarely collaborated with people. It seems to be a very difficult process. It's... Some people they it seem so easy. I don't know how. To, you guys, some people are really good at it. And yeah, I'm still working on it.
1: Which I loved hearing how you and Lux worked together.
2: Um, I mean, for... she had the samples. Uh, yeah. The, she had the songs, and I just reorganized them a little bit. And she loved them. And I was like, "Good, yay, <laughs> phenomenal."
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's inspiring, you know. They did it again in a live stream once. Lux sent uh, Skelly a bunch of uh, uh, yeah, that's right songs She did for the, the live stream
2: together for the, the lipstick elite live stream. That's right. She curated cool. the sounds, and I put, so I, cool. I put a little story together based on her sounds. You know, <laughs> that was a yeah,
1: collab. co- collaborating's hard, but when it works, it's like magic. It's it's so cool, right? Um, but and be careful is one that's it, it's easy to collab with them. Fake Fever is sure. another person I feel like I can just very easily work with. It just naturally works. Um, but there's been other times where I've like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm like trying to Right. And it's like I really try and I can't figure it out.
0: So um yeah. Oh, um people are interested in seeing that uh, that collab that you did with Lux uh skelly the uh the live stream so <laughs> oh, yeah. somebody's is working that on that i'm sure lux somewhere? is working on a link right now looks had it available at one point yeah that was yeah, the uh I it. yeah we did that it was the night of was... the dj that was a rosewood, uh, event. rosewood event it was where we had us uh, uh, dj uh, and sabrina, and DJ sabrina, sabrina DJ. was there yeah, too that was a wonderful night yeah, shout um, out dj
2: sabrina i've got a really great like dance party mix with dj sabrina out on oh a, yeah uh,
0: Space, Space jams. jams
2: radio shout but out DJ Jack, Sabrina, and I put together a big like two hour long like vaporwave dance party mix. Check it out! Oh,
0: that's cool, Peyton. How often do you feel like you try to put people on music? You know, link that uh, not your music, but but other music. Yeah, how please link you... that because I want I want to check that out, Skelly. Yeah, um, please do. That. Lux, yeah, I um, think might have found the YouTube link. Thank you, Lux. Um, how often do you feel like you introduce other people to new music? People in your life. Um, let's see. Are you the kind what of person think... that does that? Do you put people on or do you kind of keep it to yourself?
1: I think it depends on the person um, and the, the situation. Um I'm trying to think. It's funny when I first found like Vaporwave and like, it's always so funny talking when I first found Vaporwave. It's like I found a religion or something, but it's like, <laughs> right. I felt like I wanted to share it with everyone. Like I wanted to tell everybody about it. Like I remember when I saw that one
0: pearls before swine a little bit. Yeah. Like I
1: was just like, I had to tell everybody it's like, have you heard the news? (laughs) You know? Um, but it's like, so, uh, and it's, it's fun to show people music kind of outside of their comfort zone too, just to kind of see what they, they might think of it. Right. um, so I I like sharing sharing music people with people but there are other situations um maybe in like uh work or the professional world when it's like oh Peyton makes music let's show <laughs> what, right. show us some of your music and I, I I will get kind of bashful in those situations because it's like That's yeah you're, you know I'll I'll show it to them but it's like they have no frame of reference like yep. for our community no, this, the music and so it's just like video it sounds music? like yeah like bleep bloop <laughs> yeah payden's bleep bloops what do you make um, this for <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah kids like this stuff
0: um yeah. so is it for
1: tiktok yeah <laughs> do you oh my favorite is do you have a helmet when you perform you know do you, do you have a do you have, like, oh, yeah. like marshmallow or like you know that marshmallow guy and i'm like Or dead mouse <laughs> yeah which I think, I think like masks and all that stuff are cool, but it's just funny that it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right.
0: but, um, but it was, yeah, so I can do it.
1: Yeah. It's like, so I guess it depends on the situation, but like, I do like sharing, especially if I know somebody is into electronic music, it's like, all right, let's talk about all this stuff. And it's like, there I kind to share this stuff with you. Yeah.
0: Very Cool. Yeah, I guess you have to be selective, especially sharing your own work, for sure. Yeah. Um, Soft Replica coming in with a banger of a question. Um, Might have been touched on a little bit, but they just tuned in. Uh, They want to ask about the inspiration and thoughts behind the shift in aesthetic and sound with the recent singles. Oh, man. That
1: is a great question. Um. It kinda it kinda goes back to what um Chris said about just like how each album's different, you know, and each yeah. song, like each I kinda have like these new directions I want I want each album to be kind of be a self-contained thing. Okay, and I want to push cool. myself in new genres and new new directions. The last thing I want to be known for is like a one trick pony and like this is their sound and this is who they are but it still have it be like cohesive story and like really like similar elements of this is quality sound design and this is really interesting and different. Um, so I would say with this, you know, when I think back to when I started it, I mean, it was October, 2020 let's think about what was going on. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, there was a lot of really bad, weird cyberpunk shit going on and sci-fi. Like we were living this weird sci-fi existence. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I truly, like I am an antenna for my surroundings and I regurgitate it back into my art. So like with feel, it was all about self-discovery and I'm doing tons of hiking and exploring this world around me and understanding more about who I am. And yeah. Um, with departure it's like i want to stretch out this moment forever like from this vacation and like it's such a beautiful moment and then it's just like the doom of 2020 raining down on me and me trying to distill that into something that's not you know so on the nose as like this is a you know dark pandemic our album that was written during the pandemic, kind of shifting that into something that's interesting in a way that people can consume almost like a cool sci-fi show. So
0: <laughs> kind of I really wrapping... like that. I fuck with that real heavy. Oh, thank you. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, chat, we've got 20 minutes left. Help us out a little bit. Um, but, uh, I guess I would also like to know, um, if there's any behavior um, within the uh, the, you mentioned that you were like kind of involved in some other scenes Um, was there any specific I guess behavior or or way that those scenes kind of operated that that caused you to kind of want to make a home within the vaporwave scene is there anything the vaporwave scene can learn from some of these other scenes Uh,
1: the formulaic, like, bullshit and commercialization of electronic music was a horrible bastardization of it. Like, I've, That's like that is, is something student. that it's like, right? It's like, it It was like this, like, it was a very, like, DIY kind of punk electron. Like, if you think about, like, the 303, the acid synthesizer, that was like a rejected synth. I love of That, like, people... It was supposed to be a bass... It was. ...emulator that ended up in a whole bunch of pawn shops. And people in Detroit and Chicago and New York are like, what is this thing? Let's make it sound crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that was, like, a lot of, like... That was a part of electronic music. Uh, just, like, this kind of counterculture type thing. And now you have this very commercialized polished environment um, for electronic music which out of that has bred some really cool stuff like incredible stage design and incredibly talented artists but it's almost like if too money too much money gets into it then it's just like I don't know it it kind of ruins the fun of it and um, which I went to like big festivals and big massives and stuff I've been to Coachella and like <laughs> you know nice. the stuff like that but it's like i really like the underground diy the punk digital punk ethos of vaporwave and just like yeah it's it's like you know going to a warehouse rave or going to a rave in the desert it's like bandcamp is almost that for <laughs> for for um um the vaporwave community like i was trying to think about like where is that moment for vaporwave? And it's happening like right now online, right? It's, it's, um, true, but, and, and there's nothing against like people trying to make money in the community. It's just, I think when it gets to such a sterile point, it really, I don't know. It's not as much fun anymore when it gets to that point. It's just like formulaic and it's like people are just like, yeah, it's more like a business. Um, So, which, hey, people trying to make a living in Vaporwave, it's like more power to you. And I know there's, there's, you know, uh, people that are doing that and, you know, they're not like millionaires or anything, but they're making a living off of just that. Whereas I like to, I don't want my life to depend on the money I'm making from music. So I don't have to compromise on anything and I just want it to be its own thing So that's why I like my day job, because it also challenges my brain in a different way. And I can use the things I learn in my day job for music and and vice versa. It's like, um, so, yeah, I would say um, that was, and even when I was getting into electronic music in like the early 2000s, you had the old heads who are just like, oh, it's not the same anymore. You know, you have these clubs right. and big festivals and it's it's always the, you know, old heads always talking about how the new generation doesn't know what it was like back in the old, old days. But I would say I just hope that it really keeps that kind of punk DIY ethos and it doesn't get sterile. Yeah,
0: totally agree. We have a deluge of questions that have come through in oh, chat yeah. while you were answering that one. And the chat really wants you to answer one specific question by KJ Valium. They oh, want boy. to know, what is your ghost slash paranormal story? What? What is your what? ghost slash paranormal story? ghost? ghost story? And everybody wants to know? Okay. Um... People are asking for your ghost story. Um so
1: I've I feel like I've had actually quite a few. And it's it's weird that this is being brought up because <laughs> I <laughs> welcome to Hot Takes. I've had I've had really bad um sleep. Um like I have issues with sleep. Oh and fuck like, me too. So I've had some horrible, horrible like night visions and shit like oh, that you and poor thing. stuff over the years. But like the one ghost story that comes up in my mind is uh, I would say, I was a teenager walking through my house and I thought I saw my mom walking back into her room and I followed her. I was like, hey mom, like I was gonna like ask her a question and like, I, I saw her like plain as day walk in to the room. And when I followed her in, there was nobody in there. And it was like the sink in their bed bathroom was mm-hmm. dripping It was just like a drip, drip, drip. And I remember feeling an insane chill up my back as I turned off the faucet. Like, why is this faucet on? And then I hear my mom out in the living room and I was just like, I was totally freaked out. Like that was probably the most freaked out I've ever been with like ghosts and spirit stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So since we're in spooky season, week away.
0: I know, right? Maybe maybe that's why it is. The topic good question for spooky season <laughs> be careful wants to know you've been to some beautiful places that you've posted what was your favorite vacation or place you've traveled to <laughs> I
1: love okay so I love the difference of these questions just, just now um, I would say uh, one of the most special places I've ever been uh, is the North Cascades which is very close to Seattle mm. so um, there's a place called Yellow Aster Butte where I hiked it um, maybe four years ago, and it was the most like it was a very spiritual experience. Um, I had the day off from work. It was like the middle of the week, and I just drove up there, nice. and it was right as the snow was falling, like our snow had fallen uh, the night before up at the very top of the peaks there nice but like everything else was like orange and yellow and red so it was like oh, this man. beautiful like fiery landscape with like these incredible snow-capped peaks and then Wild. um hiking through like these mountain lakes wow. it was just it was it was a beautiful experience i i think i cried like two or three times
0: oh yeah it so that pretty. sounds very moving too. yeah yeah very jealous I hope you have photos.
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll send some to you.
0: Yeah. At, at some point, it, it, you can send them to me, tweet them. The people need to see these, these moving images.
1: Yeah. Um, Lux would like to know, place.
0: if you were curating an IRL, eventual Infinity Con Fest in Seattle, who would you invite to play?
1: Oh, man. That is a really hard question because I feel like <laughs> there would be so many people I'd want to see there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, and I th- and I'm pretty sure this has been done before. I thought it would be really cool to have maybe a couple stages. There's a, a venue here called Substation, and I've actually I've talked with a few of my friends about this where you'd have like. Um, uh, kind of like the main stage, and then like maybe a little chill out area off to the side with more like classic vapor and stuff like that. But then gotcha. at the end of the night or end of the night, like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., have just like all the more dancey DJs play, um, and have it be just like a party at the end. So,
0: yeah,
1: um, so I would say, you know, some people that come to mind, especially in the Northwest, I would love to see Otto. Yeah. Um company car. Um I would love to see again. I gotta shout out like Northwest artists, R23X, uh yeah, Vectroid, absolutely. um, Blank Banshee. Um uh also like it would be incredible incredible to have like FM skyline, uh eyeliner, yeah. um, and then gosh. Uh, Hotel Pools is also in Portland and then like Hello Meteor is in Seattle yeah we chatted Um, about them recently I would love to like showcase West Coast and um, like Northwest artists but then also for like the dance party element of course U2 Um, I say of course like yeah (laughs) <laughs> when I think of like dance music and electronic or like vaporwave community. It's like, yeah, you too. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm missing so many people, but oh, I would you'll love think of to them later. There's yeah. Yeah. When I'm trying to get to bed, uh, but it's, yeah, it's like all, there's so much talent in the Northwest and I feel like we're in our own little worlds. Like, that's yeah. what I don't, that's what I don't understand about the Northwest is we're so spread out, but you have like Vancouver, Seattle and Portland. And a lot of tours miss the Northwest because it's hard to get to. So a lot of tours will start in the in Seattle or end in Seattle. Um, But if you think about how much talent is up here, there's so much. It's like we just, it's it's been kind of tough to like get stuff going because it it's kind of sputters or people move away. Or the West Coast is
0: really far apart. As a recent transplant, I'll tell you the East Coast everything is so much closer together. It's so everything's so far apart out there, dude. It's, yeah. it's tough to tour on the West Coast. I want to say Pacific Plaza mentioned that extensively in, in his episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if you think about Seattle, which is like kind of it, it, it is the biggest city in the Northwest, like it's three hours away from Portland and like 10 hours which away from Boise. I do not
0: terrible, Idaho. but but yeah, the 10 hour drive to Boise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's like people, if they do play in Seattle, like I think Machine Girl is playing three shows here. Oh, wild. Which is crazy. Making the most big like, time. Um, so it's like when people come up here, they try to double up on their shows. Cause they do uh-huh. sell out when people
0: come up here. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. we can get, um, one more question. in before we do our, our outro, um, quiz wants to know what your least favorite trend in electronic and pop music is right now. And he clarifies something that the mainstream got their hands on and just ruined. Ah, mm. oh,
1: snaps. Because I yeah. love snaps in my music. I
0: love snaps too. Thank you very much. Feel so validated. It's so like, it's in everything
1: now. And it's just like, no. And I hear people saying I hate snaps. And I'm like, no. no, no, no it can't no, be no. overused. I love them. So I would say snaps. That's also, like, uh, what is it? is it? I'll probably... Butcher the pronounced, like pizzicato strings, the plucky.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah talking about uh, like uh, the uh, ukulele uh, sound.
2: No, no, he's talking about like, 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 like when you pluck a string on like a violin or something like that. Yeah, like a synthesizer version. Dun, dun, of that dun, song, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, so I it's know. Like, you, a, said, like the B-shop picture, like a channel synth- music. Picture like a synthesizer version of that, though. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, 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 I know it, what the sound is
0: that you're referring to.
2: Yeah, and
1: also like tropical house music in general got so just because you throw a steel drum in it
2: it did get a little <laughs> yeah. bit didn't it the whole
1: ibiza guy. bullshit because who was the big Kaigo? i saw i remember seeing Kaigo at like a it was like a pool party in oregon or something and it was like it was really chill and i had no idea who Kaigo was at that point and then all of a sudden it's just like tropical house everything <laughs> bells right. and you know hundred beats per minute house everywhere <laughs> drone videos i just think of like drone footage with tropical house now <laughs> and like horrible bastardized commercial commercials and stuff
0: there is a uh, artist or, or a duo from the early like chill wave synth wave vaporwave era called supreme cuts that uses snaps in their songs and it's just it's fucking perfect it's like a specific mm. way they use it though i don't know yeah. So when you said that immediately I thought of Supreme Cuts and how much I liked that that sound. Um well we're we're coming up to the end of our show. Right. And I yeah. think I think both of us boys are getting a little sleepy. So we'd like to end our show with a moment where you get to shout out anybody you want or anything you want. Promote, uh push your product or or shout some people out. Whatever you want, man. You have the floor.
1: Sure. Um Well, thank you Uh, first of all thank you I mean thank you to you like I really appreciate it Um, it's cool to be able to chat with you and um, as far as like music I just announced my new album it will be out this Friday on Time Slave Recordings uh, which is going to be fun because that'll be uh, that'll be the Synthwave community they're generally known for
2: Synthwave so it's going to be interesting that's that's the arm of My Pet Flamingo that's for that Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah. Kid Neon So I that'll be is, cool.
0: Yeah, I think. He's a fil- yeah.
1: So I'm really excited to work with them. Um and uh it's going to premiere on Enter the Void 2.0 this weekend Ooh, yeah. and then it'll be available Shout Out Villain.
2: Shout Out villain. Which,
1: villain. Oh, Villain. Yeah. Um so I would as far as shout outs, I got to shout out Fake Fever. Uh working with him shout over the years has been really cool. Uh Winter Quilt is my guy. Love he and I coat. met on a, um, um a, uh, a, oh gosh, a compilation. I couldn't even think of the word. See, I'm tired too. Um, oh, yeah. th- uh, of <laughs> a always. compilation, uh, when we were both first getting into the, the vaporwave community and we've just been best friends in the community ever since. Mm-hmm. So he's one of my, my near and dear homies. I got to shout out Pacific Plaza, Alex. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. You are, an incredible part of this community and you've done so much for me um thank you for believing in departure too and putting it out on vinyl which there are still copies available on pacific plaza and it's like the perfect like capstone for that album and that era and to move on to this next it's just like it's such a beautiful vinyl um, all those pictures on the vinyl are pictures I took from my trip and I designed the layout for all that. And um, very cool. that's a very personal album. So please go buy it while you still can on Pacific Plaza. And um, I'm sure I'm forgetting tons of people, but I, you know, thank you for everything. So, oh,
0: of course, thank you for being here. Thank you for linking yeah, the album you. Lux. Go buy it, go run it up.
1: Chris,
2: yes. you want to thank you, Lux. Yeah, sure. What do you, what do uh, you got, Chris? Uh, I got some remixes coming up. Uh, Patch Notes is doing an expanded version of his uh, pre- his last album, and it's gonna gonna be featured on that. Remixing his track "Breathe." Some other cool people on that remix album, and or the expanded edition, which include Luxury Noise, Soft Replica, Device Operator. Um, and uh, Van Gogh also remixing on that album, Very and cool. then I've got a remix. Yeah, I'm be excited careful. about that They'll one be coming out at some point. And I've got a live show, Base House Volume Three, November fifth in the Shamrock Inn in Baltimore, and it's going to feature myself and Be Careful, and uh, Van Gogh, and Mr. Hideyoshi, Visual Culture, Sierra Mist, and Stage Hardware, who is setting it up. Sick. Yeah,
0: so that's, that's a up. banger. Good cast, people. Man. Baltimore. Yeah, that's in a long area. list of great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's good for me for now. And yeah, I've heard some great things from from the coast to coast collective about your your remix. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, uh, lots of awesome. lots of those people in chat. By the way, shout out luxury noise and device operator. Uh, I think soft Replica's done some work with him as well. Shout out soft replica.
2: He's on the um, remix
0: too. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's my buddy. Um I only have oh, yeah, Van, Gogh, Van Gogh shirt right now. That's true. Van Gogh as well. Love love that kid. Got the shirt name. on right now. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, I don't have a whole lot going on up, uh, coming up. I've got a, a, a Vaporwave uh, DJ set that I did for uh, DJ Soyboy is what he goes by from vape. Let me not mess this up. Uh, Vapor 91.5 FM Lowell. Um, mm-hmm. Radio station uh, did, did a uh, interview with Lux a few months ago. Ooh. So that's pretty cool. Luxury Elite. Uh, now that there's two Luxes. Um, luxury Noise and Luxury Elite. So I put together over my vacation a 40... I think it was a 45-minute set of just Classic Vapor, Late Night Lo-Fi, and Slush Wave. Very poignant. Uh, kind of reminds me of the set I did for one of the Virtual Memory live streams. I think it was Virtual Memory 11 for uh, for Pacific Plaza at the beginning of the, uh, the pandemic. So if you like... Classic Vapor, Late Night Lo-Fi, or Slushwave. B, uh, keep your ear to the ground because I've got that coming out for Vapor 91, 91.5 FM Lowell. Um, and that's about it. I'm, I'm kind of right. going through a little quiet period right now. So all I will say Good. is that we appreciate you guys for being here. We appreciate Eventual Infinity for agreeing to be on yes. the show and being such a great mm-hmm. uh, guest. Uh, I, I appreciate you, Chris, for for always helping me co host and for our generous donors, Luxury Noise, um, be careful. Leo, all the other people that donated last week, thank you. I'm going to drop the link one more time. If you feel so led, uh, you don't have to, but any donations go straight back to the community. Straight to Equipment for Us uh, and, and commissions to artists in the scene. Uh, there's the link if you feel so led to donate. Uh, tune in in two weeks. We're obviously not going to stream on Halloween. So tune in November 7, Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern for an episode with Fashionista Boyfriend, formerly known as AM Affairs and Guy Access. We got Fashionista Boyfriend coming on in two weeks. Um, I don't think anyone's streaming right now, otherwise I would raid. Anybody quickly think of anyone? I don't think Nano's streaming, nor is um, 3D Blast. So we're just going to go ahead and say goodnight. And again, thank you so much for being a part of the scene.